With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Love Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Mama's Pearls. I am your hostess, Cynthia, and I'm very glad to be joining you today on this, what is a beautiful day here in the Northeast. We have lovely, lovely powder-packed snow, and the sun is shining, and my house is quiet, which allows me the space to be speaking with you all today. And it also reminds me of what we were talking about last week. Last week, we were in for some quiet time with Melissa Van Rossen, who is a fellow radio show host here at Blog Talk Radio, as well as a leader in the um, spiritual financial arena. Last week's pearl was In Stillness, the Soulness Roars. And we really talked about the importance of connecting with yourself and finding those precious moments throughout the day where you can just sit and be quiet and do a meditation and tune in and really hear what your inner guidance has to say. And we also talked about how to do that not just for yourself, but really for the vitality of your family and how to introduce your children to the practice of meditation and make it a consistent practice in their lives and how the benefits of that will stay with them throughout their lives and will help them really engage and be present throughout their lives in whatever activities that they're doing. We talked about the differences in being a fast and furious mama where you're just taking your kids from activity to activity and your kids are overscheduled, overburdened, and overstressed, and they're toddlers. And we're reminding you to slow it down a little bit. And even when you have a full day, you're completely booked, take the time in, when you're jumping from each activity to really be engaged in presence and move from activity to to activity with purpose. And I find when I'm rushing my kids around, they'll keep pace, you know, that's what they're supposed to do. They keep pace with mom and they do what they're supposed to do and they they go to their activities and, um, you know, they'll shuffle through it. But the rewards that you get when your kid is fully in the moment and they see that you're with them, and you're not just schlepping them or beating the clock or racing around town, but you really have them, their best interests in mind. <clears throat> Excuse me, frog in my throat today. And you'll find a difference in how they engage in whatever activities that they're doing and just back into connection with life. And then subsequently, and most importantly, with themselves. Their activities are going to change throughout the years. Just look at your own lives and how what you focus on has evolved throughout the years. And what you're currently doing now is maybe very vastly different than what you were doing in the past. So keep that in mind. You can find my conversation with Melissa 
on, um, it's called Quiet Time on Blog Talk Radio, right in the archives. Go to www.blogtalkradio.com slash mamaspearls. You'll see all my archives. You'll get to know all the characters in my life through this show. Um, like I said, in my first show, I have a very, I'm very fortunate and lucky in my friends and my family and they're just the most interesting, colorful people that it only seems fit to open up the space. And I see we have a caller, and I will get to you in a couple of minutes. I just want to do my introduction here and then introduce my very special guest today, who is my mom, my other creator. We had my dad on the show about two shows ago when we were taking stock. And if you love my dad, you're going to love my mom. Like I said, I'm the product of a truck driver and a therapist. And it's been for a very interesting ride. But before we go there, I just wanted to give you a few um, resources on meditation. There was one that I found online that had some meditation guides for kids, and it's www.learningmeditation.com. And they had some very easy step-by-step beginner's meditations to get you and your children involved. And now, when I was thinking about this week, moving from quiet time and getting connected with yourself and moving forward, it just so happens that the Olympics were starting. And I was really talking to my mom about the Olympics, and she was also mentioning to me about how in her work, she happens to be a family therapist, and in my mind, she's really a black belt in moms. She's achieved that level. And we were talking about how many parents out there are just so concerned that they're doing things wrong and that they're messing up and that they just can't keep up and it's too much pressure and they're really freaking out. And it led me to think that it's coinciding with the the time of the, the Winter Olympics, which have been completely awesome. And even when you're watching these amazing, amazing athletes, They still mess up. They've practiced for hours and hours and hours on end. And for the better part of their lives, I think I was watching last night when Sean White, he started when he was like seven or nine in snowboarding. And he's been consistently doing that. You know, kudos to him for always knowing what he wants to do and for going for it and staying with it and building up like this literally avalanche of of a career. I mean, he's just amazing. And I'm sure there's days when he still falls and there's days where he's imperfect and that you watch some of the Olympians and they mess up. The ice skaters, they fall down, they trip up. And these are people who practice day in and day out. It's their lives and their livelihood and it's what their country puts the added pressure on to do day in and day out. And they still trip up. Parenting, this leads to this week's pearl, which parenting is perfectly imperfect just as it is. And to become a master in anything, when I was doing research for the show and just digging back into my psychology roots, I was really reminded of the concept of mastery and how there are steps that we take to become a master really like a five-step process where you start in any area as a novice, then as you progress, you move into become an advanced beginner, 
Then you get some confidence in what you're doing to lead you to a proficiency stage and finally an expert. That's a whole long way to go in any one area, and they say that it takes about 10 to 15 years and 10,000 practice hours to become and achieve the level of master. Now, when you become a parent and your kid pops out or you adopt them and you bring them home, it's trial by fire. You're, you're on duty. There's, there's no practice time. Um, well, unless you have your, you know, siblings who have kids and that kind of stuff. Like my sister was fortunate enough to have practice with, with my kids before she had hers. But still, her child is a completely different child than mine. And jumping into that role of mom leads me to thinking of very controversial Indian spiritual leader, Osho Rajneesh, who said, the moment a child is born, the mother is also born. The woman existed, but the mother, never. A mother is something new. And we all start out as novices, and each time you think you master a stage, your kids change. They just move on to a different stage, and you have to adjust to not only not only understanding who they are in that stage, but also readjusting your parenting to match where they're at. So I don't necessarily think it's possible to be a master or an expert in parenting of your own child because, well, at the, your own child at the exact stage that they're at because they're constantly changing and evolving. My mom, who's on, a, on the call today, is an amazing parent. She's one of the other one of my creators. And she's had to adapt certain things about herself and her and her beliefs to basically match up with who I am as a child and my sister. And we're going to dive in with her in just a minute. But I just to follow up on my thought, I just feel like I am so much different now than when I was when we were first beginning. Yeah, my mom has, you know, decades of practice of being a mom, but I'm still a different in a different stage and require different needs. So it's just an interesting concept to look at mastery and look at parents who are struggling so hard to quote be perfect, perfect parents, where there's really there's it's almost it's almost impossible to be a perfect parent. We do the best we can for our kids. We acknowledge who our kids are, and that's probably the most important thing. We give our kids space to be who they are, and we give our, their, our kids space to mess up as well as we're going to mess up. It's a consistent trial by fire. So with this in mind, I want to introduce my mom, and then we'll take a call. My mom, my mom is, like I said, my other creator. And she's a wonderful person, a wonderful mom. She's been my spiritual mentor, and she's the other half that makes me whole. She's a working mom. She's an artist, a teacher, a clinical social worker, a family therapist. And again, in my opinion, she's achieved the level of black belt. And I really want to honor her and welcome her into this space and introduce you all to my mom, Gail. Welcome, Mom. Hi, Cynthia. Oh, wow, it was really nice to hear what you had to say about me. Well, I like that. Oh, well, you're welcome. Shall I continue? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I could fill up this whole show with just talking about you and, and praising you as a mom. Um, and that's not to say that we don't have our differences. And, and one of my feedbacks on 
one of my sorry one of my prior shows was that um, I have a little bit too much of a love fest on air. But you know what? In these starting introductions of of who you of who these important people on my life, especially you and especially Dad and Melissa and Val, and it's just yeah, I you guys are my loves and you are my home. And so I completely honor that in you. And one thing I keep saying to my listeners is reminding them to really honor who they are and where they come from. So welcome, Mom. Oh, glad to be here. I'm very happy to have you. I just want to say one thing about honoring and love fest and compliment and criticism. Um. It's re- we go about doing our stuff, and we have the people in our lives, and we just keep doing whatever it is that we're doing. And we forget to honor. We forget to take that moment and recognize and appreciate the people that we have in our lives. And it's important to be able to say to the other person, I appreciate you, mm-hmm. in whatever manner you're going to say that. Mm-hmm. Um Along with that, sometimes people get into, well, I have to really, really let them know how much I care about them, and they overdo it. (laughs) (laughs) It's called stalkers. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But but it's wonderful to be able to say, oh, thank you, or I really like having you here, or I enjoy being with you, or "Uh, that was wonderful what you just did for me. You're welcome. Well, I well I find it interesting because people take the people in their lives who they love the most almost for granted, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. or you have the flip side where people think you're praising them or telling them that you like or love them because you want something. Right. And you know, in family situations, the dynamics are always push pull. There's always nego- negotiating. There's always um, min- you know elements of manipulation to get what you want on one way or another. But at the core of it, you need to be able to look into the mirror and see the reflections of yourself and your family and be like, I love this. And there's, you know, there's quotes out there like you can't choose your family, but you can choose your friends. And I actually believe the opposite. I believe that we come in here fully armed and decided of who our family is going to be. I mean, I know I followed you and Dad like lifetime after lifetime, and I probably will continue to do so. Um, like there was no way I was coming into any other parents, you know. So when the the opportunity came up, and the you know your number came up where you guys were decided to have a kid, boom, I was in. <laughs> you know, and I I truly believe that. So do you want to take a call? Sure. All right, let's take a call. Let's see who this is. Hello, and welcome to Mama's Pearls. Hello? Ah, nope. Can't hang it. Okay, well, that's all right. If you do want to call in and chat with us, the number here is 347-327-9450. So anyway, so I... um. 
so yeah, I truly believe that we come in consciously knowing who our family is going to going to be, and we pick them. And um, and I know for you, when you and Dad got together, it was it was a different time, and you guys were much younger than people are getting married now, and. I want to talk a little bit about your own transition, like as a novice and a new mom, into mo- into motherhood and the changes that you had to make. I remember talking to Dad, and he was talking about some sacrifices he had to make professionally wise, you know, in order to be, you know, step into the provider role for the family. So I wanted to talk to you about the transitions that you had to make um, in your life, in your career, to adapt to, you know, being a mom. Okay, okay. Um, I I don't think any of us, or at least I should just talk for myself, I wasn't ready. I had no idea what was ahead of me, what it really meant to be a mother. Um, Before, I mean, while you're pregnant, you're pregnant, it's about you and the center of your being and the center of your focus is about you and what your needs are. The minute you become a mom, the baby's there. It's a whole other being totally reliant uh, on you that you take care of them so they're not going to thrive. And the focus, the center of your being now goes outside of you onto this baby. And the and taking care of this baby and being a mother. Um, I think the hardest piece to me when you were born was making that adjustment, make, create, doing that shift. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that it is a life-altering shift. Uh, but you do it. Um, somehow you just do it. Uh, and you don't return back. And I think for the uh, people that are young parents now, and they're so involved with their children, and there's so much to do for your children, that you need to stop and say, wait a second, what happened to the center of focus on me? And it's a hard one to do, and you can get lost in being mom, 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 take care of kids, doing what you need to do for the kids, uh, that the kids are okay, the kids are okay, the kids are okay. But what happens to who you are, what your needs are, what your dreams are, what your goals are, um, and that needs to be worked out, constantly needs to be worked out and adjusted and adjusted as the needs of the children change, you can change also. But uh, that was, I think, the most difficult uh, transition that I had. Yeah, and I think the the other element here that um that we talk about a little bit is you're not just adjusting to the needs of your child, but it's also adjusting to the needs of your husband and how the whole family dynamic shifts once the baby's in the picture. And one of the things in keeping center which I've actually been talking to my friends a lot about, is couples who come into marriage who are really joined at the hip, and they really don't do anything without the other, and they kind of, like, their their center of their being merges into one, 
which is all fine and dandy and romantic, but then you look in a mirror 30 years later and like, wait, who am I? I know who I am as a couple, but who am I apart from this person? And that's not to say to go off and get divorced, but it's just saying, you know, who who am I and where have um, I lost myself down the road? And mm-hmm. one thing I always admired with you and Dad is that you did keep a very strong sense of independence while you remained a couple. And that's something I think a lot of couples have to adjust to. Like, it's okay if you, as the mom or as the wife, have different interests than your husband, and it's okay to continually pursue your own interests or, um, and the same for your husband. I, I think it's, it's crucial. And I know that you and Dad have always you know, maintain that strong sense of you had things and interests that you were going to pursue on your own and dad had interests and things he was going to go pursuing on their own. I know that you aren't going to go um, river rafting for seven days in the Grand Canyon with him, but he was able to go and do that. And a lot of couples, they're so into like tracking almost like a punch clock you know, the time that they're they're there or their next shift, and they really don't allow each other their freedom. Now, I think it's important to, like, still respect those boundaries and not to go completely off and away for, like, you know, and, and not be present at all and just continually do your own thing because there needs to be that strong, still center of a family. And... More often than not, the person whose role it is to make sure that center of the family is cohesive is the mom. And it's it's just an incredible, an incredible challenge. Now, the other thing I wanted to kind of, you know, talk to you about more was kind of taking you know, in the interest of perfection, like understanding who your kids are and adjusting yourself in order to really have your children develop into who they are without completely, like, imposing your own own values. That is um, one that takes a lot of thought and creativity. Mm -hmm. Um, One is the respect the respect of yourself and the respect of another person uh, and recognizing that another you don't ever know what the other person is, but the other person within themselves has some sense of who they are. You can only, through observation, have some sort of clue as to who this other person is and what they're about. Um, that's one piece the the other piece is understanding what the limits are and what you can really do. Mm-hmm. As a mom, when the when the baby is an infant, they cannot do a thing on their own. You have to supply the doing for them. You have to feed them. You have to change them. You have to hold them, um, and they can They they're incapable. But as a child gets older. They they start doing and are able to do things more and more on their own. How do you then guide them? How do you supply them with what they need to become who they should be that they know within themselves? Um, 
and how much do you step back? Mm-hmm. It's it takes a lot of attention. It takes a lot of creativity, and it takes a lot of thinking. Um, you can't presume anything. You have to observe, and you have to be present, incredibly present. Uh, I want to go back to in being a mother mm-hmm. and where you have your own needs. Mm-hmm. How do you balance that and be present for the child? Mm-hmm. And that is one that every mom has to take time and think about. I liked that you had a show last week on meditation. Mm-hmm. Meditation allows you that quiet time to center into yourself and see and and, and, and allow yourself to think mm-hmm. um, and to have a knowing and, and a balance in and getting in tune with the self so you can um, do that would be in 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 right in a right manner, not one that you're imposing so much, but to really settle in with yourself and with what's going on around you and with the other people in your life, and f- and find the clarity. Um, it's crucial. It's a, it's crucial to recognize what your role is, recognize who you are, and recognize that. The other people in your life are total, are total full people also, and to have that respect of boundaries and individuality. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, two things I want to talk about. One is the concept of bringing spirituality and spiritual concepts back into the daily conversation, mm-hmm. which I feel is is really important and it's something that you know I think I didn't really appreciate the the potency of um of it till later but now that I look back I'm really glad that you did raise me with a spiritual core mm. and how you were consistently studying and practicing and working on taking your own experience through becoming really an expert in spirituality and um, spiritual practices and how that was ingrained in our family and in um, my consciousness all through growing up. And I know that was a very conscious decision on your part and very much against the grain of what a lot of other moms were doing. And I think it's a testament to you really knowing what was important for you to maintain um, your own your own sense of being and awareness, as well as knowing what I was going to need for for while I was growing up, as well as now. Because um, I really find it is with that core and that centeredness and the spiritual concepts that I'm able to get a con- conceptual grasp on my children and what they what they need and being able to back myself off of them. And I did want to use me as an example because I know you you crack me up all the time when telling stories of me as a as a young girl. Like I wasn't the easiest kid. I you know, I mean I, I'd love for you to describe a little bit of my personality when, when I was a kid and how you had to um adjust. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Mom. You you can oh, share yeah. it and go yeah. into it. This is this is the space to do it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, you were. I mean, there's all different types of kids, but you. No, were let's born. talk about me. Yes, no, only you. Um, and only you, honey. Um, you were born with a nature that um, jumps into things. You wanted to explore the world, everything around. You had no fear. And your curiosity and excitement about getting, you know, doing and being there and exploring was constant. And that was really you. Um, to give you a time out or have you just sit and quietly, that that was not you at all. <laughs> so being your mom, I had to uh, make the world safe, your environment safe for you. Mm-hmm. You were not going to stop. And I had the choice of, well, I can try to make you an easier kid and by breaking your spirit, actually, and that energy, that uh, go, go, go energy, and have you be a docile child, which would have made it much my life much easier as a young mom. <laughs> yeah, but you you wouldn't have been as thin. <laughs> but but I but you know you think of the short term goal, which making my life easier in the moment, or you were born with this energy that is going to serve you, especially when you're an adult. And if you want to achieve anything or get anything or do anything, you need this incredible go, go, go energy. Now, I want to add, you were not hyperactive, Um, You, but you were busy. (laughs) And, And there's a difference. Yeah, and I think, and I want to put that in because yeah, so no, many parents will label their children, mm-hmm. and you know you really got to take you know take a really good look at your child and what's going on. But you were busy, so if you would go into a room, you go from one thing then to the next, then to the next, then to the next, and you did not want to have that that particular thing was off limits. That everything was at your disposal that you to explore. Mm-hmm. Well, I had to make sure that it was safe mm-hmm. because you could get into anything. And that wasn't an easy job in keeping up. I think one of the things I tell people is that I didn't have a, t- a time, not a second, to sit down and have something to eat. I was the thinnest I've ever was in my yeah. life. Yeah, you're welcome. You when you were little. <laughs> but the other side of the coin was because you had that determined spirit, uh, a lot of adults do not want to accommodate that. It's annoying. They right. do not want to be bothered. Right. And you could have, with different type of parenting, been a child that was considered terribly annoying. And you would have gotten that label or you were inter- would have internalized, oh, I'm an annoying person. Mm-hmm. as part of your, your self-image. And that's an important thing for a parent to be concerned about, is what is that message you're giving to your child of 
because their nature is whatever their nature is uh, and because as a parent it's either easier for you or harder for you uh, but what is the message you're giving your child and the message that I was it, it was important for me to give you is that you are who you are and if this is who you are then you keep going for it and my job was to keep guiding you, supplying the environment so your energy will be used constructively because it was an incredible amount of energy. Uh, the other image I give and when people ask me, well, what was it like to parent Cynthia? And I say, well, Cynthia was this uh, stallion and um, – I couldn't ride the stallion, you know, but I needed to, you know, be with her. So I was pulling the reins, and I was behind her with my feet in the ground going, whoa! (laughs) 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 But you were going to go at your speed. Right, wild stallions. No, you weren't wild. No. It wasn't about wild. It was that energy. Mm -hmm. You know, wild is, is saying that you were all over the place, that was kind of chaotic. wasn't at all. It was a constant movement. Mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm very much still like that. And yeah. I have a child who's somewhat like that. I'm, you know, yeah. My daughter is definitely a, a chip off the old block. Um, <laughs> well, Val says she's like me, but with two Splenda, so she's not... Yeah, she- a little mellower than you. A little bit more tame than me, but it's the same energy of wanting to check out everything, of having a real zest for life. And I, I um, definitely run ahead of myself a lot of times. And But I, you guys always gave me the space to go ahead and do that. But then I remember like I go off on these whatever adventures and I'd come back to you and you and dad would kind of be waiting be like okay what well, you learn and I'd be like maybe I shouldn't have done that so quickly <laughs> perhaps that was a bad idea <laughs> you know there's different paces that people right. have and are natural paces um, you know uh, one is like uh, the jogger they go yeah. at an even pace, and they just keep going at that pace. Uh, some people are the sprinters, mm-hmm. where they're going to run and then slow down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're going to jump, and then they're going to slow down. Um, and then there's these that, you know, jump right in to everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the pace where people hold back, and they don't make a move until they're absolutely certain. Mm-hmm. You know, but and that's the nature of the person, and that doesn't change because that's part of who they are, and that's how they're going to approach life. So you were the um, one who jumped in. Yeah, and it's interesting that you said the last one, the one that her observes, because that I see in my son, mm-hmm. and which is so counterintuitive to how I act and react to situations where. Um, you know, and especially like at other kids' parties, where in the beginning, when we were first starting to go to these parties, I would like throw him in the mix, and he would like freak out. It wasn't comfortable for him. Um, whereas my daughter, you could throw her in the mix, and I don't even have to do the throwing; she's already in the mix. Where my son, he does. He needs to step back, observe, 
understand who's 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 there, who's present, what's happening, and then he decides to join in or not. Um, as he went to more and more parties and got comfortable with like the routine of a gym party or the routine of you know all these other different parties, like he then got comfortable proficient to use the mastery turns in what was the um the you know timeline of these of these parties and now he does jump in a little bit more quickly but in any new situation no he's very much an observer my daughter is like right up, right up front um doing her thing and and that's how I was I would just kind of jump up jump in and then you know, while I was in it, I would either continue doing it and then judge about it after or decide, you know, I'm in here, but I don't like it and pull my pull myself out. So it is very interesting for me as a parent to two kids who have very different personalities, much like, you know, my sister and I and what you had to do in our personalities um, and, you know, having to, to adjust adjust myself with both of them. Um, and then yeah, parties being at two places at once when it's just me and the kids, but whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it, and, and, and it's important to know that about your child, mm-hmm. that that's how your child approaches things. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of parents uh, that I've noticed, if they have a child that wants to observe first, they call them shy. Right. And they try to push their kid in, and they give, you know, and shy, and they say shy many times with the connotation that there's something wrong with that. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the labels and the missteps that that parents do. I mean, some of some of the imperfections that we do as parents are meaningless, and some of them do build up to building scar tissue. Sure. So how do we as parents kind of know that line of what's kind of going to get brushed off and what are these crucial, and I almost see it as like repetitive labels, as you were saying, um, that we put on kids that, that create stigmas and create create the scars? Well, I think you need to listen to yourself when you're talking to your child, not just say what you're saying, thinking that, you know, that's it. But actually listen to what you're saying. And and also watching how the kids respond. Absolutely. And, and, um, you know, you say, oh, you're such a little brat. Whoa. Right. That is a potent statement that's going to have some uh, incredible impact upon the child. Right. And they might be saying with a smile, a laugh, or a giggle, and a wink of the eye. It's like, whoa, what kind of message is that? Your little brat, and that's great? Whoa. You know, so you need to listen and hear what you're doing. Well, I also think it's important to understand when you instill one thing long enough or consistent enough, a child's going to work to be that. Um, you know, there are certain labels that I've seen put on myself and other people where, you know, being labeled as the smart one or the pretty one or the this and the that. And whatever you kind of call to the forefront is kind of what the child will put out there first. 
rather than develop their entire whole. And that, too, is kind of a misfortune for, for children in, in their development. I mean, you know, I think everyone has that, has been stereotyped at one point in their life, and really thinking about how that affected you as yourself and then seeing, okay, so let me just take a mirror and check out what I'm doing with my kid and, you know, names that I'm calling them or whatever and seeing if I can change it. Now, one thing I think people forget is that it's never too late to change. It's kind of like the, you know, the deeper the wound goes, the more you might need to undo it and to wrap it up and you might need therapy and assistance and other people around you to help guide you out but it's never too late to change I mean that's why we're we're here having this experience um, you know this human experience in the first place is to consistently grow and evolve and with children it's like an everyday opportunity to really step in and be present and self-correct. Um, your child at three is not a lost cause. Your child at four is not a lost cause. Your child at 90 are not a lost cause. You know, one of the things I actually loved about law school was taking um, my wills class, and it was Wills Trust in States, and we started, you know, every class with you know, studying the case law, and the question would be, okay, who died? Who died and who wants the money and this and that? But in those stories and in those cases, you really would read about, like, the, the last-ditch efforts to kind, of, um, to kind of patch up any old wounds with your loved ones before they passed over. And it really is, is never too late, but some wounds really do carry and shape the whole outlook of a child or anybody, you know, as they as they move on and develop. So what would be, you know, when you're already, like, into a stage where you've, you know, become proficient in thinking that you're a brat or you're, you're not good enough or you're not smart enough or you're not a good athlete, you know, how do you take the first steps to kind of undo and self-correct? Is this as the child or as the parent? Both. Start with the parent. Well, Start with the parent. Well, I I go under the belief is that once you think you've made a mistake where something is wrong, mm-hmm. change it, fix it. Mm-hmm. Don't stay with the mistake. Mm-hmm. So if there's something that um, either you're doing as a parent and you're saying, wait a second, that is re- I'm not really, what I'm doing right now is not really going to get me the results that I want, then change your parenting. You know, you're not, ma- you know, stuck with anything. Nothing is written in stone. How do you, how do, you do that, though? Because I find also, like, it's really hard when you, you have a routine to figure out how how to change it or what the next step is or what, you know what you need yeah. to do. Well, the well, first step is recognizing you have a problem. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. And then noticing as you're going through the day, what is working and what is not working, and how do you notice that? You notice it with what's happening with your child. Is your child responding well to that, or your child is not responding well to that? Now, there's a lot of things that your child might be doing that you don't understand 
why they're doing what they're doing. You can't find the connection of cause and effect. Well, then you have to really uh, be much more kind of like a, a real good detective in looking at the whole day, looking at everything that's going on, all the influences of the day that might be impacting your child, and noticing how they're responding. Now, many times when you don't have that cause and effect, it could be because there has been messages given to your child that um, they're now just hearing the message and they're no longer responding to what's actually happening in in this moment. Then you have to work on that. You have to find ways to reach the child um, to alter that. Well, then, in many ways. Yeah, well, then how do you kind of avoid slipping into becoming a neurotic parent? What do you mean by neurotic parent? Well, you can completely obsess about, you know, how many things you've done wrong all day or what you need to do and this and that, and how do you avoid becoming neurotic about it and going to the the other extreme? You know, we talked about having, like, a hands-off approach and making your kids docile to you. You have to relax into the fact that you are who you are and you're never going to be the perfect parent. Mm -hmm. That's an impossibility. Mm -hmm. You can only be who you are and you can only do your best. Mm -hmm. Uh, Along with that, in who you are and doing your best, you need to also assess, am I acting out my stuff that I haven't resolved? Or am I being clear in taking care of the needs of my child? Mm -hmm. If you're obsessing and you're getting neurotic, then that's more about you Mm -hmm. than your child. Mm -hmm. Well, that perfectly perfectly leads into um, the other Osho quote, which I I came across, which is, a master shares his being with you, not his philosophy. He never does anything to the disciple. Right. And I think that's really interesting if you're adapting that concept to parenting because it is really, you know, and I see this also like when you look at any movies where you have a teacher and a student or a master and, you know, even like Kung Fu Panda, which I was watching yesterday um, with my son and you know, I think achieving, like, the different levels of mastering Kung Fu is kind of perfect to to parenting. And the master and the wise one, he can basically be there for you, and you can kind of not glom, but, but learn from their being there. But even if I'm going to spout my philosophy, it's not – like you still can't come into the wisdom until you're ready and prepared to receive it. And I think that's really a delicate balance and issue when you're guiding your children, you know, through this life and just the master being themselves. I really see that as the main goal of parenting and any of us being here is to know thyself and you as a parent, you are not your child and your child is not you. So really guiding your child through whatever experiences they're going to have without completely imparting. And I was talking earlier about, you know, you being a, um, 
a student of spirituality and how that was always there. And we always had really amazing conversations. Usually when everybody else was asleep, you and I would be up talking for hours about spiritual concepts and where you had a different grasp and a different um, need for the spiritual concepts than I did. And it's really having that respect, again, for one another to understand where we both are in our process and the information and how we're going to attain the knowledge and expertise and whatever it is we're doing is is a different process. But you've always shared the wisdom with me, but never, like, browbeated me with it. And I think browbeating is such, you know, it's a, such a disservice. It's like if you're your kid's not going to get it, like, back off and try something different. Like you said, be creative. Open up the floor. Talk to other parents. See what they're doing with their kids if they're having, you know, similar issues, and you'll get different responses. That's one reason why I love talking to Melissa. We both have very different philosophies on parenting, and also we come from different upbringing and with different focal points, and... She is a great sounding board for me and vice versa because she will always give me a different approach to the kids and a different way of seeing things, which I would completely not think of. So when I was asking you about how do you step out of something and where do you go to kind of course correct with your with yourself and with your parents, you know, um, with your children and again, also with your parents because parenting and, you know, and being a child parent, it's kind of cyclical down the line, which is my whole underlying concept of, of Mama's Pearls, and kind of going up and down that chain and reviewing what works, who did what, what works for me, and what does my kid need. You know, my, my son is a lot like my, you know, dad and and my husband, and also my sister. He's very different from me. So... I'm not going to be able to fully understand him in a vacuum of just me and him, even though we have a great connection and we get along great. But in order to really understand his process and what he's going through, I can't just um, be a master at him and, and you know say this is what you need to do. But I really talk to dad and I talk to my husband and I talk to my sister about how they are in their being and, you know, do you understand what my son is is asking and what he needs? And usually they really help put me on a course or I'll call Melissa <laughs> or I'll talk to you. So I, I really feel like so many moms feel like they're in such a, a vacuum and they have to do everything themselves and they have to be the gurus of, like, everything in this world. And one of the things I really feel important with Mama's Pearls to remind them is that there are other people out there who are in the same boat as you, like Melissa says, if you're going through something, you better get a big couch because you're going to look down the line and find there's 20 people on it experiencing the same thing that you are. And it's, you know, again, it's an imperfect profession. It's not hopeless. Your kids are not hopeless, but parenting is a lifelong journey, and so is being a child. You know, you, you and I, Mom, are constantly um, readjusting the the subtleties of our relationship as you mature and I mature and we move into different phases. And it's been it's been a really, you know, amazing and interesting ride, but at the core of it, like, 
I know you're my mom, and you always reminded me of that. And your your famous quote, which I included in in an earlier blog, is, you know, wherever you go, wherever you are, it doesn't matter. When you close your eyes and you think of your mom, you're going to see my face. <laughs> and it's a truly lasting impression. And it's something that I know at my core that I could always come home to. And no matter when I would throw myself out into the world and do whatever experience or chase whatever I had to chase, I could come home to you and dad and talk about it and lay it out there and self-correct and use that, use you and dad as a real sounding board because I know that you had my true best interests at heart. And you and dad really, you know, it's a constant effort and work to really separate yourselves out from from me and understanding, well, Cynthia had to go do this because obviously she needed some experiences and really helping me process that. And I find that, you know, parents are so quick to like shut shut down what they don't understand, especially when it comes to your kids and they, you know, they want an experience that might be different than what the parents did, you know, and that's part of parents like being just, um, and people in general like being being sheltered. But it's really, I think, important to kind of try to step out of yourself and understand why they want to go and have have that experience in the first place. Okay. <laughs> you said a lot. Yeah, I know. I kind of went on a roll there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, there were so many pieces to that. Okay. Um, I think one of the crucial pieces, is, I mean, there's an old saying that says, do what I say, not what I do. Right. And when it comes to parenting and to really be an authentic parent, to really be present and there for your kids, without stressing, without feeling you're on overload is to more settle into who you are and to accept who you are uh, uh, whatever that is Um, whatever your particular quirks are that's okay that's absolutely okay and to look at your child and to go wow my child is okay even with all their particular quirks and I'm not saying to, like, put blinders on and then put these rose-colored glasses and to think, oh, everything's okay because of that. No, but when you settle into yourself and you say, okay, I am who I am and my child is who my child is, okay, what do we need to do to make it work? It's as simple as that. Right. It, you know, when we stress out, we're thinking, we should be other than what we are. I should be more than who I am as a mom. Well, yeah. Yeah, I think Oprah said it best where she was saying, like, stress and nerves are really selfish emotion. Well, yeah. You know, it should be different than what it is. Mm-hmm. And when you talk of spirituality, things are exactly what they are. And we're not supposed to change that piece of it. We can work with it, but we're not supposed to superimpose upon it. 
and that's also about ourselves, about our children. You know, know, rest into who you are. Mm -hmm. And do your best, Mm -hmm. whatever that best is. Use your best judgment. Uh, You you know, problem solve if there's something that's going on that needs to be changed. It comes down to very, very simple skills. We live in in a society now that are expecting these extreme uh, standards, right? And we're not that. No matter what society says, you know, day to day living, um, having a marriage, having children, doing what you need to do to take care of day to day matters, is the same as it was a thousand years ago. We don't need all the sophistication. We need to use our eyes. We need to be who we are, and we need to do our best and use our best judgment. I can't believe Val hasn't called in yet. <laughs> Val, you know, it's just not normal. Val, if you're listening, call in 347-327-9450. What do you need her for now? <laughs> what do I <laughs> You need reinforcement. I know what did I need say? <laughs> uh, Oh my you know, god, that's so. Funny. You know, it, it really uh, enjoy. I, I think uh, yeah. we're so busy in doing, right? And we have to achieve that we don't stop and just soak in the moment mm-hmm. and just enjoy. This is where we are in our journey of life. This well, is where I am today. Well, that's one thing that I love now when I see my kids with you and Dad is that you and Dad really do enjoy them. And it's just it's just so cool. I mean, I think when you're in the the middle stage as being the parent, it's um it's even harder to step back because when, you know, especially when you go to somebody else's house, you're worrying about like them not making a total mess or cleaning up or do they have the food or do I, you know, do they have a changing table that I can put my child on? You know what I mean? So, it's um it's hard to step back and enjoy. All right, here's Val. Let's bring her on. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hi, Val. We have two minutes Hello. remaining, so you you yeah. got just in under the wire. I can't believe you haven't called in to ju- to jump in on on Mom and I. No, I'm just listening, and you ask and you shall receive. I'm here. time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I love about my sister. <laughs> Always there, right right at the bell. Yep. So Val, well, Val, I got a question for Val. Sorry. Oh boy, Valerie, you're a brand new mom. Mm-hmm. Yes, three months old. What do you think? You know, what would you say is the hardest adjustment you've had from being just Valerie to being a mom? In ten seconds or less. <laughs> well, I think also in the beginning, and I just want to say, my um, our pediatrician said something because I almost had like a nervous breakdown the first time I went to the doctor's office. Um, and he said to me, he looks at me and he goes, you know, I don't want you to be a perfect mom. I want you to be a good mom. There's no such thing as a perfect mom. I think the hardest thing is that you try, like you said, to be so, you know, every little thing like you do, you don't want to like mess them up or are you doing it right? And 
I think especially at first it's very hard to like not be on edge and you know think you know wonder if you're doing a good job or not so right. and adjusting you know that way that there's somebody that's totally 100% depending on you and what you're doing and what you're giving them and absorbing everything you're doing no pressure no pressure at all right no pressure <laughs> at all and that's that's what it is we put an insurmountable amount of pressure on ourselves to do it, quote, right, and not mess up our kids. And you know what? Like, let it go. Your kids, they're going to be imperfectly perfect. They're going to be yours forever. And, you know, it's really important to just check, continue to check in and remember that parenting is a lifelong journey. And even the Olympians, who are the masters in their field, they also falter. And Go easy on yourself and go easy yeah. on your kids. You know, know when you need a major cross correction when they're older and they get into some, you know, some major trouble. But I'm going to ignore that we have our little 10 second countdown here. So I'm going to ignore her for a little bit to get one more comment in from Val and then I'm going to wrap up the show. Hello? Yes. Okay. Mom, okay. you still there? Yes, I am. Okay, maybe I need to wrap up. So, because okay, I think I'm getting kicked <laughs> off. But thank you, Val, for we're calling. We're good at wrapping things up in the family. You go no, on and on and on. <laughs> Mom, I really wanted to thank you for um, first getting knocked up and having me and being my creator and my advisor and my mentor and my friend and my compadre for all these years and for many, many years to come. And thank you for sharing your knowledge here. Thanks, Val, for chiming in and bringing us back to the point, which is, again, in being in, in pursuit of achieving our black belt as a mom, we're going to falter, and it's an imperfect process, and that's quite okay. So, Mom, you know what I didn't get to ask you? What's that? What is your luxury indulgence when you have time and you're focusing on yourself? My luxury indulgence mm-hmm. is just to sit back and relax and take it in. Awesome. Manicure, pedicure. <laughs> <laughs> So, again, this is Cynthia and my mom and my sister and Mama's Pearls reminding you to enjoy your time, enjoy your children, enjoy your family. If you want to catch any of the archive shows, including this one, if you want to hear it over and over, it can be found at www.blogtalkradio.com slash Mama's Pearls. I can be found at Cynthia at mamaspearls.com or on Twitter at Cintweet, C-Y-N-T-W-E-E-T. You can find the blog at www.mamaspearls.blogspot.com. Thank you again for being with us, and we will see you next week. Enjoy your day. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.